Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Darwin Turf Talk with Sam Highland and Chris Nelson. Darwin Turf Talk for another week, and it's great to be catching up with an old friend of mine, Tommy Logan. He's uh, a Castadon Hall of Famer. Tommy, welcome to Darwin Turf Talk. Uh, thank you very much. That's fair enough, isn't it? A Castadon Hall of Famer? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> do they, I don't think so. Do they have a Hall of Fame down? Do they have a Hall of Fame Of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Oh. The the Kelpies the Kelpies uh it's at the top of the tree, isn't it? At Caston isn't the Kelpie the, the yep. famous at Caston. Yep. yep, yep, big Kelpie muster over there, festival. Tell us, Tommy, about uh t- tell us about your uh early days and how you got involved in horse racing. Obviously, uh uh you had a close association with Joey Smith for a long time, didn't you? Uh yeah, Joey's my uncle, so um I've always been brought up around horses and uh, my stepdad's always been involved in uh, polo cross and trained a couple himself, so it's kind of just just brought up with it. So, and and you uh, found yourself riding over the sticks. Uh, was was that something that was was uh, always uh, uh, you know on the cards from from an early age? I mean, uh, I'm sure that the the um, thoughts of becoming a, a flat jockey were probably. Uh, uh, put to bed pretty early because you're very tall, Tommy, aren't you, for a jockey? Uh, yeah, very tall. Um, yeah, but uh, I have a sense of young age. Um, I think um, on the fridge back in Castle, they had me year six report and I wanted to be a jump jockey. So um, <laughs> at early age, I've always wanted to be a jump jockey. Um, yeah, just because my stepdad and my uncle always had jumpers and just, just loved the game, just, you know, um, and done a lot of hunting and that as a kid as well. So... Um, yeah, just just love the jumps racing, and yeah, as nearly age, that's what I wanted to do. So, and Tommy, um, if my records are correct here, it tells me that your last drive was at Coleraine on the thirtieth of September two thousand and twelve, and you went out on a high because you rode a winner. I did. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, it was just a high weight, so uh, which was a good way to go out. So <laughs> I think it was the last last meeting of the year anyway. So uh, Coleraine Cup Day it was. I think. Um, yeah, so. It was, Pretty good way to finish the career. So, do you do you remember the name of the horse? I uh, I can't. It was for Wayne Walters. Uh, I couldn't tell you the name of the horse. Well, I'll give you a clue. It started with blue and ended with highway. Oh, blue highway. Yep, that's him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and yeah. and of course, uh, you know, it's great. It's a great. Um, well, it's it's a it's a great area for for jumps racing, isn't it? That uh, whole Western Districts and and on to, to obviously Casterton, Cole Rain, Warnable, Hamilton, uh, if you like. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's it's always been popular in jumps racing, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Like even even every trainer down that way always had a jumper. Um, you know, you know, you got your fifty trainers, and nearly every one of them trainers always just just had a jumper. So. 
uh, they supported the game really good um, back in the earlier days anyway. So um, changed a little bit now, I think, with uh, the bigger trainers getting involved. Um, but, yeah, it's always uh, it's just a great, great courses around Casterton and Warrnambool and Coleraine. They're just, they're something, there's something different about the, the jumps races down that way. So, Tommy, you spent a good while with Darren Weir and, and especially... Um, you know, I think uh, it'd be fair to say that, you know, in, in the times when it was the rise of Darren Weir, you know, his his stable um, each year in the time you were there, was it just got bigger and stronger year after year, didn't it? Yeah, it did so. When I first started with him, we would have been about 2006 or 2005. He, you know, I don't even think he had a city winner at that stage. Um, still uh, dominating the country country scenes but um not many runners in town and um yeah every year just got bigger and bigger and bigger and the horses just kind of got better and better so uh but yeah no it's definitely a good experience um working with darren weir that's for sure what would what would be the best horse that um that you were sort of associated with or a big part of whilst you're at the at the weir camp uh well the jumpers like i rode most of the jumpers every day um a horse called vivacity um, he, I think he won about nine or ten jumps races, won about five features. Um, I didn't get to ride him early days because Brad McLean was there. Um, so he was probably the, the stable rider at that time. So he got to um, ride him for his first five wins, I think. And then I ended up getting on him a couple of years later and, um, yeah, winning the Thackeray at Warnable and the um, Von Deuce at Oakbank. So in the, um, the Great Southern steeplechase as well. So he was a, been a very good horse. And I rode him as a two-year-old and three-year-old when Weary had him, and then he ended up going over the jumps. So, you know, and I rode him every day, which is a good thrill, especially when he comes when you come out and win a couple of big jumps races on him too. So, so when did you decide to make the move from uh, from Victoria to Darwin? Because I don't know the answer to that question, and I'm, I'm seeing that you haven't had all that many runners, so it can't have been too long ago. Uh, no, I've been up here for about a year and a half. Uh, me and my yeah. fiance, the Wiseman, uh, we just come up to do the um, the Darwin Carnival, not the one gone, the one before. And um, that was when all this COVID was going on and uh, Sonia had a, a bad race fall. So we had to kind of stay another couple of months and then all this stuff with COVID. And we're just like, oh, why are we going to stuck here? I might just get a horse to train. So I had my trainer's license, had a handful of runners down in um, Adelaide about six, seven years ago. Um, and then that's when I went with Darren Weir and, um, you know, so I didn't really have time to train. So, so I've only really been training. Um, I had my first run of Melbourne Cup day last year. So, And, and the whole, uh, you know, living in Darwin, I would imagine uh, it's a big, uh, big culture shock, especially um, uh, the weather-wise. Well, of course, you, you spent a bit of time up north, didn't you? I, th- I think that's where... Um, that's where you first started courting Sonia uh, when she was riding up north, and then yeah, yeah and then yeah. And, and and then obviously making your way to Darwin. It's it's um, you know, it's it's pretty different in in so many ways, isn't it? Oh, very different. Um, I love the love the warm weather, so Sonia doesn't like it that much. But um, yeah, it's, we got a pool where we live, and um, yeah, so like we've been inside most of the day anyway, get the work done early and um, yeah, it's very different for the horses and that as well, like you, you kind of can't work them like you do down south, you can only kind of really do your one lap and you've got to keep them cool and yeah, it's just very different in so many ways so uh, And the, just just on Sonia, now, I listen to a lot of race calls up that way and 
The uh, race callers refer to her as uh, Super Sonia Wiseman. Does she go under that name at home as well? <laughs> Um, no, no, she doesn't. <laughs> oh. I'd be pulling that F out if I was her, for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, on, just on race days. Does, just on race days. And she that... we, had her on the show. Yeah. we actually had her on the show once, Sam, if you remember, and she we was did. terrific. Yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so how does, how does that go, uh, Tommy, when you... When your partner's uh, riding them, you're training them, and uh, yeah, things things don't go to plan as as sometimes uh, you think they might. Um, we've been pretty good. Like she probably she just lets me train them, and I just let her ride them. So uh, <laughs> we're not too bad, but we don't. You know, we do have a few little arguments and disagreements, but um, we kind of work through them. And but uh, it's good because Sonia's a really good rider, so you don't really need to give her much instruction. So uh, it's pretty easy that way, and she kind of just lets me do do my thing with the training. Um, she's always got her input too, which is good. But um, no, nah, it's actually working out pretty well at the moment. So. And starting off, obviously, just getting a horse because COVID was about. You were there uh, on the spot. You're going to have to stay there for a bit longer. So then you get a horse to muck around with. How how has the stable grown uh, in that short time? Yeah, I got up to about 12 horses there a few months ago. So um had that first uh, from the Never Never. He um he won his first two and then had two seconds. Um, and within that time, I think we'd end up with about six horses. People just ring us up and said, oh, if you buy a horse, let us know. And, you know, we, yeah, within about, you know, three or four months, we had about five or six horses in work. So, <laughs> uh, but some uh, pretty good some support. So a lot of lot of family members and a lot of old schoolmates and that are in horses and that. So, um, yes. Got it. I've got nine in work now. I've got one more coming next week and probably buy one on the online sales next Wednesday if there's one suitable. So slowly getting bigger. And your strike rate's going really well too. I mean, your last 50 starters, you've had 10 winners and, and 11 place getters. So nothing to be sneezed at there. No, it's it's like we do work very hard. Uh, me and Sonia, we do look after our horses, like, you know, very, very well. So... Um, it's you know a bit of luck, and like I've had some pretty good experience from some very very good trainers. So um, you know, you just put all their kind of training efforts into one, and you know, um, seem to be going pretty good. But it's just you like up up here with the weather, you just really 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 need to you know look after your horses and um, you know make sure they're cool all the time and that. So and that's what we do. So I think that makes a big difference in um, on race day. So and do you get do you yeah. ever come across the the horse that that sort of, or I guess in your time since you've been there, do you come across a horse that just doesn't handle it, that sort of goes to pieces a bit up there? Uh, not myself. Um, I've been very lucky. Um, uh, most horses that kind of come up here anyway have got niggling injuries anyway. So, no, not really. Just, yeah, no, no great dramas. So I've been pretty lucky, so... Yeah, that's good. There's, that's you've good. got a horse. Uh, you've got a horse in the stable, Tommy. That's been very good to you. And he used to race up here in Queensland with Stuart Kendrick by the name of. Look, he went under a few names, but Poopay or Poopy or whatever he was called. But he's yeah. been really good for you. And I see you resume with a good second recently. Oh, she. Yeah, did, she's. Uh, yeah, she's only a little mare actually. You know, come up here and like she's just a little flying machine. Like she doesn't give you much of field track work, but um, yeah, completely different race day. But. I uh, just had a lot of problems with her bumpers, her just going down on her back bumpers. So, um, yeah, last two starts, um, which come fifth, um, yeah, she just 
demolished her back bumpers. So I just tipped her out for about two months and gave her a good freshen up and just get them bumpers to heal up. Um, and then last start, she was just a little bit, little bit fat. So, um, and the great thing was she didn't go down on them bumpers. So that was just a, a win anyway. So she's um, come through that race really good. And, you know, she's definitely going to be around the mark next start. And what about tra- that, you know, training and racing on that surface, Tommy? Do, is, does, does, does that change things up with your training? It does a bit. We've only got the one track. Like, we don't have an inside track. We don't have a trotting track. So we just got that one track where you, you trot, you can, or you gallop, you trial, you race. So it, your horses tend to just pull every day in a way yeah. because they just, they're going to go out there and race. Um, you know, it'd be just great if you had a little five, 600-metre track in the middle where, you know, you've got your hard pullers. You can just go the reverse way and they'd probably relax a lot better. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that one track, it, it does make it a bit hard because horses just, you know, as soon as you get on the track, they're just straight on the bridle and always doing probably a little bit too much work, especially in the heat where you had that little reverse track or something, you know, horses go out there and can reverse way, relax and not, not pulling their brains out every day. So, but we just got to work with what we've got, I suppose. And yeah, we just deal with it. And um, yeah. So. And what about, uh, I know like obviously um, uh, like Weary used to use the beach so much um, uh, at Warnable and that was a big part of his training. And, you know, do you have that option up there? Uh, we do only kind of um, around carnival time because this time of year there's a lot of jellyfish. Yeah. Um, and the water is very hot as well, so there's only probably about two months of the year when you can kind of get them down to the beach. So, and there's a few little trail rides you can go, but it's just it's really just too hot to be taking your horse out for an hour trail ride because um, uh-huh. you know you've got to fly. Down. And then you work them and, you know, you don't do much. But then, you know, you've got to float them home. And it's just always that hot and humid up here. And it really just takes a lot out of the horses if you, if you do that. So what are, some, what, are, what are some horses in your stable that, uh, that we can look forward to in following, Tommy? Um, got uh, Blue Ant in this weekend. He'll, be go, he'll go very good. Um, and the following week, I've got Freddie the Eagle. He's a... Um, very exciting horse. I bought him on the sales here, actually. Um, he won his first two and just come fourth last start. Just missed the kick. He'll be very exciting horse. And Virtuous Miss, she was, she's in next Saturday, too. She, um, she's another Queensland horse. She, she won really, really good last start. So, poor little poopy, so... Virtuous Smith, uh, she was with um, Chris Lees. She did a bit of racing in New South Wales. And uh, and Queensland. Yeah. Just uh, when when you when you look for these horses online, are you looking for horses that tend to race up on the speed so they don't have to get back and and and, and suffer the kickback? Yeah, pretty much. Just just on speed horses over you know a thousand to fourteen hundred meters, pretty much. And um, like we've been very lucky. I bought all my horses from the um, English online sales, and uh, nearly every horse besides one has won a race. So. Um, so it's we do our form, we go back and look at all their replays and do a lot of homework on them. So, um, yeah, just mainly front runners and short distance horses. Good work, Tommy. Well, uh, great to catch up and thanks for joining us on uh, Darwin Turf Talk. Uh, I look forward to... Uh, look forward to getting up there next Darwin Carnival and, and having a beer with you. Yep, sounds good, mate. Right.
Good on you. There's Tommy Logan. Thanks, Tommy. He's stables in uh, good form, just, uh, yeah, and, and growing all the time. It sounds like uh, in no time uh, Tommy's going to have a big team around him and he knows, yep. uh, he definitely knows how to deal with a big team because uh, he's done it all before with the Weir camp. And, and as I say, he, he was, you know, he was a big part of the Weir stable in that, you know, in those early days when they were, when they were, uh, Growing into to what they ended up being, uh, just a huge winning machine, didn't they? Uh, Chris, we've got Steve Taylor on the line, who is the um, marketing manager at the Darwin Turf Club, and uh, uh, Steve's got a really interesting background. Uh, Steve, welcome to Darwin Turf Talk. G'day, guys. How are we? All is well. Very well. All is well. And uh, yeah, I read here on the on uh, our email on the notes here that. Uh, you were heavily, in, or your family was heavily involved in, in racing racing horses with Brian and Ollie Cox. And gee, I remember Ollie Cox when I was just a Billy Lid uh, going up to uh, up to Wodonga and and uh, the northeast. And he was just a gun. Everything he saddled up, just about one. That they were, they, they were a huge stable, uh, weren't they? Yeah, that's absolute powerhouse down uh, down where we come from. And um, yeah, Dad and Dad and Brian are, uh, are cousins and. Um, yeah, so it provided a, a sort of early interest in racing, sort of always following. Um, you know, I sort of missed most of Ollie's career, but certainly following Brian's horses around the traps and um, seeing seeing them pop up in country cups all over the place. You knew what was on, so um, yeah, it really provided a, an interest from an early age, and probably that's what probably sparked my interest in racing. And you grew up uh, in the Riverina area of New South Wales, a bit like Queensland, uh, some parts of Queensland. Steve, everyone here is from somewhere else. <laughs> Except when you go to the yeah. uh, when, you, when you go when you go to the uh, the actual city of Brisbane, they're mostly uh, locals. But yeah, there seems to be a lot of people from other places. Is that the same up in Darwin? Yeah, for sure, mate. Everyone's sort of um, yeah, from someone else, and you know, I think if you're here for a couple of years, you're kind of halfway to being local. So, um, but yeah, look, we were um, we were based in Melbourne there for a long time, and obviously COVID hit, and it was pretty ordinary as. As uh, you guys know, and um, yeah, seen the uh, seen the light at the end of the tunnel um, up here in the top end, and I've spent a bit of time up here previously, and life was sort of pretty normal up here at about sort of June last year. So we decided to pack the bags and head up north, and um, yeah, haven't looked back since. And I see you've uh, played cricket uh, at a good level, and 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 that is uh, that that's had you sort of travelling about a bit as well. Yeah, yeah, we um, I was so fortunate enough to. Um, you know, as you know, growing up in the country, it's um, you know sports like a religion out there. And um, I had a, a very, a very talented older brother, so I was sort of, sort of forced to um, lift the game early. And um, yeah, that led me to going down to Melbourne. And um, I captain Northcote in district cricket for, for six or seven years, and then coached them for um, three years. Um, and then I had the opportunity to travel. Um, yeah, captain coach Waratahs up here in the NT, which. Um, yeah, so I fell in love with, with Darwin from, um, when I was up here, I think I was 20, 21 to 23, I think I was, and um, yeah, did a couple of couple of years over in the UK in um, the East Anglican Premier League, and um, yeah, sort of, sort of rode that ship as far as I could, oh. and then sort of looked for a career outside of, outside of um, sort of cricket and semi-professional sport, and um, yeah, racing and um, marketing sort of seemed a logical jump, so got the uni degree out of the way, and um, yeah, here we are. How how good was it playing cricket in the Premier League in the UK? I, mean, I know a couple of people that have gone over there for a season or two seasons, and they just rave about how much fun they had. I mean, it must be it must be just a terrific 
thing to do when you're a bit younger? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, the English are you know, very hospitable people, and especially, you know, when you share a love of cricket and, you know, a game that they love. Um, I just want to explain this to people like, um, you know, cricket clubs over in the UK are, are pretty similar to footy clubs here in the sense that they have, you know, multiple senior, multiple senior teams, they have women's teams, so it's a real sort of club atmosphere. Um, and I guess, like, playing, playing district cricket in Melbourne, you know, we, had, we sort of had four um, senior teams, but that was it, you know, no juniors. Um, back then, no women's, but you know, thankfully that's changed. But in the UK, it was a you know, real club atmosphere, and you know, we play three times a week. We play a Wednesday, um, uh, which is T20. We play Saturday, which is like the serious league game, and then Sunday we play Sunday cricket, which was kind of kind of social social cricket. But I sort of struggled to struggle with that concept. But it was definitely much more relaxed. Um, you know, and the club itself was just a real kind of hub of the community. So yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I probably would have went keep going back if um, if the visa allowed. But, yeah, if, if anyone's thinking of <laughs> travelling and you know, using sport as kind of that, that vehicle to get over there, um, yeah, cricket's a fantastic, fantastic way to do that. And, and you played with Waratah, as, as you mentioned, uh, in Darwin. I, I can't imagine what it would be like standing out in the field all afternoon <laughs> in Darwin. It must be just unbelievable. It's exhausting. <laughs> Yeah, look, it was compounded, but when uh, when things weren't going right, uh, that's for sure. Scratching the head, head a bit, but um, we were pretty lucky. Yeah, we play in the dry season. You know, the thing I can't get my head around is the guys that are playing footy now. You know, I don't know how oh. I struggle to kind of get wrap my head around how that's possible. But um, yeah, we were pretty lucky in the dry. Yes, it was a bit hot early on, and you know, finals were a bit hot. But um, yeah, the, the guys running around playing footy now, I think they're uh, <laughs> they're the real heroes. Yeah, gee, that's uh, interesting. Now you've been at Darwin Turf Club for a couple of years, and I must say it's uh, it's it's a fantastic. After just going to to the last uh, Darwin Cup Cup day, uh, it's very well done. Everything is, um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's just so well organised and and a well oiled ship, isn't it? Yeah, look, we certainly have some fun. We've, um, you know, like any major event, we've, you know, things we identify things that we need to, to get better at and, you know, make slight sort of changes in direction here and there um, for a better consumer experience. But but certainly the Darwin Cup as a whole, you know, just we're the current custodians of it, you know, the current management group. And, um, you know, we're, we're sort of building on all the success it's had in the past. But, um, yeah, look, have a lot of fun. You know, people come up, sort of a bucket list event. Um, and yeah, it's, sort of, it's great to see you know, people coming to other days, but not just the Darwin Cup as well, but you know, branching out into the sprint and you know, metric mile day and you know, Derby Day was massive this year. Ladies' Day is always positive. So um, yeah, look, it's it's just a, a great experience. And you know, I remember my first cup back in I think it was 2012. I first come here, and um, yeah, it's sort of sowed the seed. I'd, you know, I'd like to be a part of this one day. And um, yeah, look, fortunate enough that things have worked out that way. And I think that's the, a... the that's the big thing about it is the fact that that um, you know there was people that I'd spoken to had had said they've been coming for ten, twelve, fifteen years. You know they just they look forward to it uh, every year. And and uh, also how many Victorians and how many people I I'm, I reckon <laughs> half of Warrnambool was down there uh, that that last <laughs> carnival. I was like, wow. Well, if you, if yeah, you had no, the chance, you, you would. Um, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, Warrnambool or Darwin, it's not really a, a tough decision at that time of year. But, but um, yeah, look, I know that there is a big Victorian um, influence up here on sort of you know, Cup weekend and um, over those four days, and probably a pretty good measure of that is you know we get um, we 
get th- the, all the Carlton draft over here at Silks, the our sports club um, on site. That that um, the Carlton draft gets cleared out over that weekend, and we're going to put in a few special orders. So. Um, yeah, it's probably the one weekend of the year that that really, really moves. And, um, yeah, we know that the Victorians certainly love the draft. Now, you've had some success as an owner as well, uh, part owner of uh, I Am The Fox, who won the 21 Alice Springs Cup and uh, was runner-up yeah, in uh, in 22. Yeah, look, Foxy's, um, yeah, we were a bit late on the scene. It was sort of more uh, an opportunity later in life to... Uh, get a fingernail share in the Fox. But, yeah, we, we, I was sort of following him when I first came up here. And, yeah, he, as you say, won the Alice Cup uh, 2021. And then he, he um, we got into him and his first sort of big race was, yeah, the Alice Cup. And he, he just got pipped in the last kind of 50 metres or it was probably less than that, probably the last 25 metres he um, got pipped by um, Gary Clark's horse. So, um, yeah, but he, he's been, been great fun. He, he, then he ran in the Darwin Cup and things things um, didn't, didn't go to plan. He, he pulled up with... Uh, cardiac arrhythmia there, but um, happy to say he certainly trolled uh, well during the week, and he'll be back um, in a few weeks' time. I think on the 17th, the Fox is back. So, um, but yeah, that's that's been a great experience. My my first uh, first taste of horse ownership, and just to kind of see how it all works, and you know, to get the opportunity to you know get in a good one off the off the bat um, with a proven yeah. record. I think um, yeah, we certainly jumped the opportunity, and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing Foxy out and about again. Steve, you've got a, a couple of feature race days uh, coming up, and and of course, uh, there's there's a good race day around New Year's. Yeah, yeah, we um, we race the next three weekends. Um, yeah, so this Saturday, next Friday, and the following Saturday, Saturday the seventeenth. So that's our family day. We um, we put on sort of free free activities to the kids um, in the in the air conditioned comfort of the pavilion, and um, yeah, get a jumping castle and face painting and food and drinks and all sorts of things for the kids so um yeah that's a, that's a really good way to kind of lead up to christmas and then uh and then we race our last race meeting is new year's eve so i think we we haven't raced for, for about 10 years i think new year's eve so um being a saturday as well i think um yeah i think down at the track will be a, a great way to kick off celebrations and um lead into the night and then how long how long do you stop for then until you kick off racing again it's a good question. I think we race. Um, we have one race meeting before Australia Day, and then we back up pretty quickly for Australia Day. So I'm guessing kind of around that sort of ninth ninth. I think we're back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have to double check that. But yeah, look, it's a, a little break. We sort of all have a have a sort of have a week off and um, get back into it. And yeah, you know, as um, as you are in the, in the sporting game, hospitality game. It's, um, yeah, the show rolls on over that festive period. Racing stops, Sammy, just for just for a week. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, well, it's and it, and that's the thing, isn't it, Steve? With with horse racing, it's it's just always on. I mean, um, I guess uh, you know a little bit more low key up there at Darwin, but you know horses still have to be fed. P- participants in the industry, uh, it so, sort of has to. Well, it does have to keep rolling, doesn't it? Because horses have to keep getting fed, have to keep getting worked. Uh, you know, there, there's so much that goes into it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's the thing about Darwin. You know, it's so isolated. We're kind of the one club up here and we're going to support a, you know, a local a local um, population of horses. So, you know, it's a little bit different down in the southern states where you can sort of share meetings around and trainers based in Mornington can get to Cranbourne and out to Molly and, and those sort of places. But, um, yeah, up here, we're, I think we run 39 or 40 times a year, I think. So, um, you yeah, know, that's enough to... Um, 
support the population, and, and TRNC do a, a fantastic job of, of scheduling those race meetings um, and ensuring there's enough enough time between meetings, but also um, you know ensuring there's enough to um, to get the feed bins full. And there's always, uh, you know, there's always room for more horses up there, isn't there? You know, I mean, it's, uh, I know even just talking to Tommy Logan there and he's saying that, you know, that the online sales coming up, uh, they do the, they do a lot of homework and, uh, you know, you can you can take a horse that's that's racing just only fair or pretty moderately uh, down south and then it'll go up there and string a few together. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed listening to Tommy him and Sonia lethal combination up here recently. Um, but yeah, a- absolutely, and you know, hats off to those trainers who can identify those horses, um, that type of horse that um, you know can race on speed and, and can handle the dirt. You know, um, you know, t- Tommy's been a you know a really good example of that. And I think he said, "What do you say that he's only of all the horses he's brought up, he only one one hasn't won." So yeah, incredible strike rate, but. Um, mm. But yeah, look, you know, there's there's races up here for all types of horses, and um, you know we've seen trainers bring horses up here from the southern states over a long period of time, and you know none better than Gary Clark, um, an example of that, bringing horses from southern states and having great success with them. So um, look, the, the Darwin Carnival, it's you know it's certainly an opportunity for owners and trainers in the southern states to to I guess aim their horses that who have perhaps um, you know reached their level down there to send them up here for the carnival and, you know, come up here and have a holiday and find the horse. And, um, yeah, it's just a, a really, really fun way to, to do it. And, um, yeah, I'd certainly encourage anyone that, that had those horses um, up their sleeve and wondering what to do with them. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's plenty of races up here in the north. There's no doubt that uh, that was a big sting this year, wasn't it, with uh, Clarky and, and uh, that horse of Colin McKenna's, Kieran Maher and, uh, I, I knew when you saw all the big hitters there this year, I was like, wow, wait, this, this horse is here to get the money. And, uh, yeah, he does such a great job with his horses, doesn't he, Clarkie? And, and yeah, they, they you know, uh, I know talking to Kieran, he was like, uh, that horse could could go go back year after year and, and keep doing that. You know, he reckons he's got a few in him. Yeah, well, that's the thing, I guess, isn't it? That's that type of horse come up here and win. I think he's only five or six and, you know the the big ray that to him from um, Bob Galberti in Western Australia. I think he's one when he's nine and ten. I think so. You know, if if that's any kind of a yardstick, it's a pretty um yeah pretty formidable one if they want to want to turn his head up north again. Yeah, that's it uh, for sure. Well, Steve, great to catch up and and get a bit of background on you. All the best for for the uh, coming meetings and over the Christmas period and New Year's. So looking forward to that New Year's Eve meeting. Good on you guys. Merry Christmas and, yeah, great to chat. There is Steve Steve Taylor, Marketing Manager at the uh, Darwin Turf Club. And our next guest is Andrew O'Toole. He is the main man at Thoroughbred Racing NT. He's the CEO and he's also the man that finds all the winners. And, Andrew, how did we find that last meeting? Uh, It was a couple of weeks ago now, so you've had a little little bit of a freshen up, haven't you? But uh, it was a good meeting there. And I know the uh, Noir de Rue, Opened the card with a good win. Vanessa Arnott, she bookended the meeting. Yeah, morning, uh, Sammy. Yes, it was a good meeting uh, here a fortnight ago. You're right, uh, I've had a little bit of a hiatus, but uh, uh, back into it this week with obviously uh, Dale on Saturday and uh, Alice Springs on Sunday. But, yeah, looking looking back a couple of weeks, um, really good uh, quality performance from a quality gallop in Wadaroo and well ridden by uh, Vanessa. She, um, as you say, won two on the day. She actually won three, but she lost one uh, in... Uh, 
on protest. We don't have many uh, protests upheld here, but she lost uh, one during the day and uh, consequently she's out for a couple of uh, weeks uh, suspended. So um, a a bittersweet day, I suppose you'd say, for for Ness. Mr Cashman, he uh, bounced back to winning form in race number two, Andrew. Yes, he did. Uh, G'day, uh, Chris. Uh, he was good, Mr. Cashman. Uh, well ridden by Jared Todd. He, he really uh, he, he dominated from the front. He um, over the 1,200 metres, he's uh, got a pretty good record at that trip. Um, he's a winner of six races now, and he's won uh, four times now on the track. And uh, over the trip now, he's won six times from 13 starts. So he really likes the 1,200. And it was just a nice mm. ride from Toddy off the inside gate. Um, and uh, really, in all honesty, pulled their pants down. Uh, it was too good for them, and uh, Giallo Doro tried hard in second, but four and a half lengths was the winning margin uh, for Mr Cashman. Race number three, uh, Kajiri. So I'm imagining this is the uh, this was the protest race? This was the protest race, uh, guys, yeah. Um, uh, Tsugaru, uh, ridden by Vanessa Arnott, um, uh, uh, was... Uh, uh, found to have uh, um, interfered with a couple of runners early in the race, uh, quite away, quite away from the finish. But um, such was the interference. Um, the stewards deemed that uh, it was worth uh, upholding that protest. Kudgery was um, certainly inconvenienced. I reckon uh, conservatively, she lost um, two two and a half lengths, and she only got beat uh, a very narrow margin. What was it? There a long head. To me, it was probably even less than a long head. It wasn't much in it. Um, and uh, right decision in my mind, and uh, unfortunate for the connections of uh, Sagaru, but um, joy for the uh, Kudgeri team, trainer Chris Pollard and Stan Sakos in the saddle. Gee, it's, um, it's, it's hard to get protests, protests a long way from home too, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, the, that's only right. that, one, that one at Mooney Valley that... Um, that was just a ridiculous decision, uh, and that was years ago. I'll never forget that. But yeah, it's hard to hard to get them a long way from home. Yeah, it is. You're right. We don't see uh, we don't see many protests here. Um, full stop. But um, to have that one upheld, uh, and uh, in, certainly in, in my view, it was the right decision. Um, Kudgeri was uh, severely inconvenienced, as was uh, Malibu Edition. He he was probably the one who really suffered the backwash there in the hands of uh, Jared Todd. Um, he wasn't very happy, Toddy, when he came back in, as you can imagine. But um, <laughs> be that as it may, I think the stewards uh, got it right. Um, if you ask uh, the jockey, she'll probably say they got it wrong. But <laughs> anyway, she had the opportunity. She had the opportunity to appeal, and she. Uh, didn't take up that opportunity. She accepted it, so um, well done to her. And she misses uh, this Saturday's meeting and next Friday here in Darwin. So Vanessa will be back uh, at our pre-Christmas meeting on the 17th of December. Now, Chloe backs to train the third horse in that race who wasn't involved in all those shenanigans to the point, and then she bounced up and won the next race with First Crusade. My word, she's going great, uh, is uh, young Chloe's only had a licence for a very short time. Uh, started with an owner-trainer's licence. I think she got her licence just before carnival time, so uh, late June, early July uh, this year. And uh, she's only had a handful of runners, or two handfuls of runners. I think she said something like um, 10 starters for four wins, uh, two seconds, two thirds. So she's really going great guns. And, and, and in First Crusade, she's got a very smart four-year-old by Nakoni. Uh, he was well ridden by Casey Hunter. Ran a time of 108.49, which was quicker than Mr. Cashman, who was obviously a, a higher graded horse. And uh, won by seven and a half and uh, really gave them uh, gave them no chance whatsoever. And uh, she's doing a great job, Chloe. She's only recently 
um, had that uh, owner trainer's licence upgraded to a restricted permit to train, so that means she can have um, some owners now rather than uh, have uh, having to have the, the full share in the horses. So um, in First Crusade and to the point, uh, and uh, she's got another horse in her team, so she's got the three, uh, Swing with Junior. She's uh, really going great. Turns her horses out in, uh, in first-class order. Learnt uh, the, the trade here, I suppose you would say, under um, uh, Gary Lafoe and Tayan Holter. She's still the stable foreman for Tayan. Uh, busy uh, young lady. She works for one of the betting uh, agencies here in, uh, on course and um, does a very good job with the horses. So full credit to her. Well done. Good job. And the last was the off-the-track lightning series, which uh, Kirikat took out took out, uh, beating hard to excel. Lovely ride, uh, Vanessa. She, uh, she <laughs> said she had a bit of an up-and-down day. Won the, won the first with a, a very good ride on the, on the quality horse in Wadaroo and then an equally good ride on Chiricat in the last, uh, trained by uh, Jason Manning. Jason had the two runners on the day for two wins, so he had a, a great day. And uh, Kirikat um, probably should be unbeaten in Darwin. It um, finished a very close-up second to Blue Ant in its first start on the track um, when got trapped wide on that occasion, three and four wide in the run, only went down by a nose. Um, but um, certainly Frank, that um, that good performance with a, a, a dominant display, one by nearly five lengths, beating home hard to excel, as you mentioned. And uh, Kirikat came out of the tried horse sale at the Darwin Turf Club uh, conducted here earlier uh, in the year, just at carnival time. There's a lot of uh, good success uh, already out of that sale. Uh, that was the uh, sixth winner, uh, sixth win uh, from some five, uh, four winners. So we've had Freddie the Eagle with two wins. Kikuyu's won three now. Kirikata win and Archie James. So that's three, four, five, seven. Actually, they've won seven races so far and uh, over 110,000 in only a few short months. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing some of those other horses out in the coming weeks. Um, we saw Rupert's Delight out of that sale run third the other day in Alice Springs. He's in on Sunday. He should uh, have come on for that first up run. He was a bit of a naughty boy in the yard and uh, uh, probably ran his race before the race uh, uh, got underway. So look for Rupert's Delight on uh, Sunday. And uh, Golden Ridge, he goes around here as well uh, on Saturday. So uh, as does all stardom. So the sale horses are going well, which is a good advertisement for that sale held every year here in the top end. Saturday's meeting uh, looks to be a beauty. And the first race is... uh well represented by the Clark camp. And this horse for the King Shot, Cam, is, uh, gee, this horse is racing well, isn't he? He's a really consistent galloper, uh, Cam, um, by Akid Mafid uh, out of the Nishiguru Mia. He's, um, he's been here a while now, but he, he, he seldom goes a bad race. Wayne Davis takes him out this week. He's drawn the one gate uh, over the 1,300 metres. He's had five starts at the trip for a win in three-thirds. So, He'll be uh, there for sure when the whips are cracking. I, I do think the one of the stable mates in number three, obligatory, is probably the horse to beat. Paul Denton rides uh, here this week. Jared Todd uh, got a meeting suspension at that, or uh, uh, well, actually two meetings ago here, um, and Toddy's serving his uh, one meeting suspension this coming Saturday. So Dash Denton um, got the call up to come from Alice Springs. He's got a full book for Gary Clark. And some some good rides on the day. I think the combo can uh, have a good day. Obligatory, really good second last time out behind the Mistral, um, who's been uh, a, a bit of a star here in the last few months. And uh, obligatory went down on that occasion by a length and a half. But his uh, task was not made very easy in the run. He was taken on the whole way. So um, look to him to bounce back to winning form. He doesn't win out of turn, uh, obligatory, but he's a pretty capable galloper on his day. So I had him on top. Uh, to beat number four, Jet Jackson, Sonia Wiseman's going great guns uh, 
just lately. She's leading the Territory Premiership. She's one behind Jared Todd and Darwin and well clear on Alice Springs. And overall, she's in front. Uh, and Jet Jackson was a really good uh, first up run the other day behind Mr. Cashman. He hadn't raced since uh, the middle of August and um, did a good job to run third. So I've got him right in the mix. Um, and to the point, the horse um, you mentioned there a little while back, guys, Chloe Baxter, Casey Hunter. He's way up in grade. He's um, been racing in sort of low-grade class two uh, events. This is a zero to 70, but Chloe wanted to get the horse out over 1,300. So um, uh, while it's a bit of an ask for him, I can certainly see him um, going a good race because he, he's never been a bad one. So my number's in the first of three, four, and eight. Race number two, only a small field here, Andrew, 1,100 metres, and we see Mr Cashman going around again. Can he uh, Can he win again? Um, look, I think he's I think he's right in it, Chris. Uh, as you say, our smallest field of the day, just the five going around. I actually went with number one, Niwand. Um, Tessa Townsend takes the mount. He claims the two kilograms. Uh, and, uh, look, he's a quality galloper, uh, Niwand. He won a race in the lead-up to um, the uh, Palmerston. He never raced in the Palmerston this year. Had a couple of issues and. Uh, Jason Manning elected not to um, not to send him around in the Palmerston, but um, his first up run here the other day behind Expert Witness was really good. Only got caught the last bit, finished fourth, but he was only beaten 0.8 of a length behind Expert Witness, who's flying. So I've got uh, him on top with the 57 kilograms. That, that two kilo claim for Tessa Townsend will be invaluable. Mr Cashman, the obvious um, hardest to beat, uh, Paul Denton for Gary Clark. He's... Uh, Won three of his last five and um, just uh, going so well at the present time. And Ideas Man, he's had a freshen up uh, for Chris Nash. Yanish Luxon and the Alice Springs-based apprentice claims the three kilos. That'll help Ideas Man. Uh, and on his day, he can certainly uh, place in this. But I've gone one, four, and two. Then into the third, I'm going to say Brave Fling looks a good chance to, to knock over the maiden here and draw a good gate. I agree. Uh, this is the first um, division of the Maiden. We had uh, 14 noms, and with just the eight riders uh, in attendance on Saturday, we decided to divide the Maiden, so they all get a go. Um, two fields of seven was the um, result. Would have been nice if it was two fields of eight, but never mind. Bravefling, two starts in Darwin, as you mentioned, um, behind To The Point and Flying Deputy, um, both uh, pretty smart gallopers, and I think Bravefling gets his chance, a three-year-old by Heroic Valor, Paul Denton for Clarkey. Ahead of uh, Layla's Wish, Yanish Luxeman for Phil Cole. Last three runs have been good behind Trudy Brazen, The Kid, and Archie James. Drops and trip, probably the only question mark, down 100 metres from its last start, fourth behind Archie James, but um, should be in the mix from the one gate. And uh, Sissel Pine, trained by um, Ella Clark, Gary's uh, daughter. Uh, she only has a couple in work, uh, Ella, but uh, she uh, certainly knows what to do with them, I can tell you. Stan Sakos takes them out here, and this was a good run last time out on the 22nd of October, second behind the kid. Uh, that was its first start in Darwin, and I think um, natural improvement should see it very hard to beat here. So numbers in the third, four, five, and one. The second division of the maiden, race number four. Gary Clark's got... Now, I don't know about the pronunciation here. I'm going with Henestrosa. Henestrosa. Yeah. Uh, looks to have the best Sounds numerical form, Andrew. Yeah, that, yeah it does, uh, Chris. Yeah, we'll go with Henestrosa. Um, um, I can't do any better than that. And I think I think uh, Clarkie can win both, both uh, divisions of the maiden. Um, dashed into the board. Um, he was away with Bugger this uh, early on, Henestrosa. He... Um, he went a couple of races where he um, was hard to steer and what have you. I remember him one day at Catherine. Um, he was beaten a long way up, but his last three starts have been better, and certainly his last two, a third behind Archie James and a second 
So Flying Deputy have um, been more like it. He's a four-year-old by Written Tycoon. Gary's been pretty patient with uh, this fellow. As I say, he has a few tricks, but um, uh, on paper, he looks the horse to beat here. And um, we know they don't run him on paper, but it, uh, he looks the horse to beat for sure. Number two, um, I like number ho- uh, um, number seven, Madam Romanov, for second. She's a big filly by Russian Revolution. Casey Hunter, the Tayan Holter. Only had the three starts in the top end um, and only five starts all up. But um, I just didn't mind her run last time behind Flying Deputy. Only beaten five and a half. Um, probably would prefer a little bit longer trip than the 1100. But um, I can see her going a good race, drawn out, uh, out the outside gate of seven. But um, only a small field shouldn't make too, many, uh, too much difference. Uh, and then for third number one, X Games. He's showing glimpses of form. Um, he's had uh, the nine starts now. Phil Cole trains, Yanis Luxemburg aboard in what doesn't look the strongest maiden. I think Henestros are certainly the horse to be 2-7-1. In race five, Andrew, uh, ex- interesting runner here, exceedingly magic for Philip Cole. Yeah, he is a newcomer to the stables. Uh, only had the 11 starts, uh, two wins, a second and a third, and uh, been racing uh, in um, Victoria. At, uh, his third two starts back uh, on the Ballarat Synthetic, and, and uh Coley has a bit of a knack of getting these tried horses um, whose form looks so-so and uh, bringing them to Darwin and getting them to fire. So he's the interesting runner for sure. Uh, I've gone with number two, Blue Ant, here. Sonia Wiseman for Tommy Logan. Uh, Tommy and Sonia having a good, a really good run, a good association. Obviously, they're um, partners. They're uh, engaged to be married one day. <laughs> and Blue Ant um, was a winner two starts back on the 22nd of October, uh, beating Curacat, um, who we talked about earlier, came out and won really impressively here a fortnight ago. Fifth last time to Crazy Lab was probably on the face of it a little disappointing. It was only beaten 2.3 and uh, <clears throat> prepared to allow another chance here, number two, Blue Ant. Ahead of number four, Hat and Man. He's at the veteran stage, <clears throat> excuse me, now. He's a nine-year-old. Stan Sakos for Town Halter. These last couple of runs were good. Um, he backed up. He ran second on the uh, 12th of November, then a week later was third behind Kirikat. I think the uh, fortnight in between runs will probably help Hatton Man. And in for third, number six, hard to excel. Gary Clark, Paul Denton, good second last time behind Kirikat. I think um, that uh, form will stand up here. So numbers in the fifth of the six, two, four and six. Now we spoke of Henestrosa in that earlier race. Uh, the horse that beat Henestrosa home last time was Flying Deputy. And that goes around in the final race, race six. Yeah, only a small field, but it's. Uh, I found this a tricky little race. Um, I, would you believe I left Flying Deputy out altogether? Um, he did win his maiden and uh, three-year-old class two last time, and he won it well. But um, I just thought uh, another one with a similar name to Henestrosa and Hockalesqua um, would be the horse to beat here, number one, trained by Angela Forster and uh, Sonia Wiseman aboard. Only had the one start in Darwin and finished second on that occasion behind a pretty smart mare and virtuous miss. Um, she won easily on that occasion, but I, I thought Hockalesco, our first run on the track, hadn't had a trial, would be improved by that. Um, it's a winner at Cranbourne, so only had the eight starts for two wins and two seconds, Hockalesco. Big uh, lump of a, uh, of a four-year-old by star turn out of a not-a-single-doubt mare, so I went um, with him to take you up the last. Head of number three, all stardom. Stan Sakos for Chris Pollard, uh, and a horse out of the tried horse sale. And um, he's um, certainly got ability to source. He's had the 19 runs for three wins, three seconds, two thirds. His last start third was was good behind Papalette. That was in this grade, uh, 0 to 64. Although Papalette is racing a lot uh, stronger company, he got back into a 64 and 
well placed by his trainer Gary Clark. But I thought all Stardom's run was good. Only uh, went down 36 uh, and I think the 1,000 metres is what this horse want, wants. Uh, Chris Pollard had him out over 12 and 1,300, and he just wasn't quite getting home. Back to the uh, the short course, I think um, he'll take all sorts of catching. And then for third, number two, Manly Coe, uh, another one who's um, racing in pretty good style, was a winner three starts back. Can mix his form on occasions, but his last start second behind Papalette, I thought was uh, was good. Uh, so I'm leaving flying deputy uh, out, uh, probably at my peril. Um, and uh, the other two aren't hopeless either, defence attorney and zip lane. So one, three and two in uh, the last one, which should be a really good day, guys. Andrew, you've absolutely nailed it there. And uh, let's hope there's six winners to boot. Uh, well done. And best of luck for uh, your Christmas meetings. You've got a couple of really good meetings coming up. Uh, we had a chat to Steve Taylor earlier and uh, he, he said uh, really looking forward to, to the Christmas and New Year period. Yeah, it's a good time of the year here in the top end. Obviously, uh, we had a little bit of rain over the weekend and in the early part of this week, but today's a uh, fine day. The weather forecast is for fine weather for the next few days, so it was sort of a bit of a tease, uh, a bit of a monsoon tease. It uh, didn't come to a lot, but it'll come back for sure. But yes, uh, race Saturday, then the following Friday, that's the 9th of December, then the 17th, which will be a really good uh, day, family day here. And then we have a fortnight till we go around on uh, New Year's Eve. I'm looking forward to that meeting. Should be a, a ripper here. Hopefully we get a good crowd on course, come out to start the uh, New Year's Eve celebrations early and uh, we can um, fly them with a bit of uh, um, alcohol and things and then uh, send them on their merry way for the New Year's celebration. So four meetings in December here in the top end and um, as well as two meetings in the Red Centre. They go around on the 4th, which is this Sunday, and then two weeks later on the 18th. And then they have a, a four-week break down there in the Red Centre. So plenty um, to look forward to over the coming weeks, guys. Looking forward to it. We'll be back uh, with Darwin Turf Talk in a couple of weeks to, to have a look at those meetings and uh, yep. see what's going on uh, at the top end there. So thanks very much. Thanks to Andrew O'Toole. And thank you, Chris O, for another Darwin Turf Talk. Thank you, Sammy. Looking forward to the next one.